to the Sports Town Podcast, or the SDP Pod for short. I'm your host, JJ Peters. No politics, no drama, no arguing. Just two guys talking sports. Today on the podcast, we will go over Westbrook and Wall be tra- are traded, recap of the Ravens versus Steelers, MLB free agent tracker, and much more. But first, we have our poll question. You can vote on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Sportstown Podcast. And the question was, who won the Westbrook and Wall trade, the Wizards or the Rockets? And currently, the vote is tied at 50-50. Thanks again so much. Thanks so much for voting. You can vote on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Sportstown Podcast. Well, we got an update, an MLB and or not MLB, NBA and NFL update. It's official. Anthony Davis is staying with the Lakers. He officially signed a five-year, $190 million Supermax deal to stay with LA. Davis was instrumental in helping the Lakers win their 17th championship and first since 2010. Davis was traded to LA last offseason for the Pelicans for a massive overhaul. Davis is considered one of the best big men in the game, and many fans thought he should have gotten finals MVP over LeBron James. Davis is 27 years old and is a top five player in the league. AD will hope to get a second straight championship with LA next season. Now let's get to the NFL. Josh Gordon is back. The NFL has reinstated the former All-Pro wide receiver. He'll be allowed to start testing on Wednesday, December 9th. He will also be permitted to join the team in meetings and workouts as long as as he doesn't test positive, but cannot practice or play games. Gordon will be allowed to participate in the last two weeks of the season with the Seahawks. Gordon will arrive just in time before the postseason begins. Gordon has now played for the Browns, Patriots, and Seahawks. Gordon has been suspended by the NFL six times for for violating the league's performance-enhancing policy and substance of abuse. He also was suspended in 2018 for violating the terms of reinstatement. Last season, Gordon played for the Seahawks after being waived by the Patriots. Josh Gordon was drafted by the Browns in the 2012 supplemental draft. He immediately made an impact on the team and had 1,646 receiving yards and eight catches. Or on Sorry, he made 1,646 yards receiving yards and nine touchdowns. However, he was suspended in 2015 that lasted two seasons. He did play 12 games in 2017 and had 335 yards receiving yards, and one touchdown. In 2018, he was traded to the Patriots and played 17 games for New England. He eventually was put on injury reserve and eventually waived by the New England Patriots. The Seattle Seahawks picked him up on waivers, and he played 10 games. He eventually re-signed with the Seahawks on a one-year deal earlier this offseason. Uh, Detroit Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay is still a game-time decision for this week's game versus the Chicago Bears. Galladay has not played since November 1st versus the Indianapolis Colts, which he left in the first half with a hip injury. Gordon missed the last two games, including a Thanksgiving game versus the Houston Texans. Galladay is the Lions' best receiver and more of the one of the top young players in the National Football League. He is also Matt Stafford's number one target. If Detroit wants to get back to their winning ways, they need Kenny Galladay on the field. Still no timetable for, La- for Lamar Jackson's return. After testing positive on Thanksgiving Day, Lamar Jackson will finish his 10-day quarantine this Sunday. Jackson missed the game versus the Steelers, in which the Ravens lost their third straight 19-14. Coach John Harbaugh still has not given any answers to whether or not Jackson will play this Tuesday versus the Cowboys. The Ravens have now lost three straight and desperately need their best player back on the field. Players such as Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Calais Campbell, Patrick McCarthy will all be off the COVID-19 reserve list later this week. Backup quarterback Robert Griffin III played in Jackson's absence but was in, but injured his hamstring in the fourth quarter, which was which led to third-string quarterback Trace McSorley finishing the game versus Baltimore. Still no word on if RG3 will be ready to go versus the Cowboys this Tuesday. And finally, some bad news for Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Outside linebacker Bud Dupree is done for the season with a torn ACL. The former Kentucky product um, the former Kentucky product was having a great season before tearing his ACL. 
Dupree injured his knee in the third quarter on a non-contact play in the win versus the Ravens. The former 2016 first-round pick was on a franchise tag this season and had eight sacks for the year. The news was first reported by the NFL Network. The first day of the OHL Classic took place on Thursday, December 3rd. The event was played at El Camilino Golf Club in Mexico. Russell Knox at the end of round one at six under par. Joaquin Neiman, Emiliano, Emiliano Grishio, Tom Hodge, Victor Hofflin, Tony Fino, Brandon Todd, Carlos Ortiz, Aaron Wise, Nate Lashley, Michael Glidgick, and Akshay Bada round out the top 10 at the OHL Classic. Other big names like Ricky Fowler were th- on under par at, and tied for 35th place. Henry Higgs is three under par and is tied for 13th. Former PGA champion Justin Duffner shot a 69. And another PGA champion, Keegan Bradley, is two under par and tied for 20th. Who looked promising in round one? To be honest with you, I thought Victor Hofflin looked very promising. He's a very good, young, and -and up-and-coming golfer. He finished second place in the PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. I think he's going to be a great golfer. He looked very promising. Uh, Jason Duffner and Keegan Bradley, I feel like they they have kind of struggled lately. But I think they looked pretty promising after round one. Of course, Tony Finau seems like he's always in contention, but just can't quite get the tour win. Um, Russell Knox, of course, he's a lead, so of course he looked really good. But I would say the most promising, um, Henry Higgs was solid at three under par. Ricky Fowler did not have a good front nine, but had a great back nine. After shooting, I think he shot a 36 at the front nine, shot a 34 in the back nine, so that's very impressive. But I would say the the most impressive or the most promising uh, yeah, it was prob- I'll say it was Victor Hoffman. I think he was the most promising in round one. Uh, can Russell Knox keep it up? I think he can. I think he can be around top 10. I just don't think he can win the tournament. He definitely can't lead all four rounds. It's very hard uh, to do that consistently. I mean, only the only golfers that have really done that are Tiger Woods to lead all four days of a tournament, and it's not going to happen for a long time, and at least won't happen at this, uh, this event. Um, Russell Knox, I don't think he wins, but I do definitely think he's in contention somewhere around the top 10, top 15. Um, watch out for guys like Jason Duffner and Keegan Bradley. Ricky Fowler can finally kind of get back on track with a nice finish here. Um, Aksha, Akshay Bada, you better be ready for. He's kind of a, not a lot of people know much about him, but he can come out of nowhere. He's done that a few times, so I'd be aware of him. But I definitely think Russell Knox can be around the top 10, at least all four rounds. And lastly, who wins the OHL Classic? Well, I think Victor Offlin, who I said the most promising, will get, will get the win here. Uh, he was finished runner-up in the PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. He's a very good golfer. I like him. He's young and up-and-coming, the former Oklahoma State product. Um, you know, he's he's very good. I think he's very promising. He kind of reminds me a little bit of rookie Fowler. Um, but I do think Victor Hoffman will get the win at the OHL Classic. It would be a huge win. I think that would be his first tour win, I think, because he's been always in contention, it seems like. But, you know, this is just his second year. So I think he ends up getting the win. If not, I could see guys like Jason Duffner, Keegan Bradley coming out of Norway and winning. And, of course, uh, Joaquin Neiman's pretty solid, but I think Victor Hoffman wins the OHL Classic. Um, well, the MLB free agency is getting hotter by the minute. Some big names are now free agents, and some more teams have added more depth. In a few weeks, we'll definitely see some of the top names get picked up. But here are all the names so far that I've either uh, that I've either re-signed or signed somewhere else. The New York Yankees are going to tender Gary Sanchez's contract. Sanchez is a two-time All-Star, had 34 homers, and batted 232 in 2019. Wednesday was the final day that teams could offer tender contract to their players. In 2020, it was not a great season for Sanchez. His batting average was a low 147 and only had one hit in the playoffs last season. Sanchez has been with the Yankees since the rookie year in 2015. 
Well, another first-round pick from this certain class is is now a free agent. Outfielder Kyle Schwarber has officially become a free agent. The Chicago Cubs have decided to non-tender the former first-round pick. Schwarber was a huge help to the Cubs when they won the World Series in 2016 for the first time in over 100 years. Last season, Schwarber had 11 homers, batted 188, and had a 0.2 war. The Bay Rays have offered right-handed pitcher Tyler Glass now, along with six other players, a new contract. Some other players that were offered contracts are G-Man Choi, Joey Wendell, Manuel Margot, and Jose Alvado. Glass now pitched for the Rays in the World Series last season and was 0-2 in the Fall Classic. The Houston Astros have offered shortstop Carlos Correa a new contract. Correa was average in the regular season but came alive in the postseason. He was a huge help to Houston in their run to the ALCS. The former All-Star batted 264, five homers, 53 hits, and 1.4 war. But the former Rookie of the Year and World Series champion stat in the stats in the postseason were fire. He batted 362, had six homers, 17 RBIs, and a 1.22 WAR or 1.221 OPS. By the way, he had more homers in the regular than the postseason in the regular season. Crazy. And last but not least, the World Series champions have acquired another All Star. They say the rich get richer, and that's certainly what the Dodgers are doing. This time, it's former Brewers right-handed pitcher Corey Knebel. According to Alden Gonzalez of the ESPN, the Dodgers will send a player or cast consideration down to the do- down the road. Knebel was a great in 2017, but since then he has struggled. The former Brewer had Tommy San- John surgery and tore his ulnar collateral ligament in 2019. He tried to work his way back in 2020, but couldn't find his 2017 form. In 2020, he had a abysmal 6.08 ERA and pitched 15 games. Well, this year, 2020, the NFL continues to be very strange. For just a second time since 2012, the NFL hosted a Wednesday football game. You have to go back to the Cowboys, the Giants, played back in 2012 to start the season off. The Steelers versus Ravens was originally scheduled for Thanksgiving night, but then moved to Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and finally Wednesday because of multiple tests for Baltimore testing positive for COVID-19. Some even thought the game would be played on Thursday night. The Pittsburgh Steelers took on their middle rival, the 6-4 and four Ravens, who are without quarterback Lamar Jackson, tight end Mark Andrews, running backs Mark Ingerman, J.K. Dobbins, defensive end Calais Campbell, and much more. The game wasn't pretty, but somehow Pittsburgh squeaked out another victory. The Steelers held on to beat the Ravens 19-14. Many like myself believe the Steelers could be the worst 11-0 team in, the NFL, in NFL history. Give credit to Baltimore. They hung on and almost beat the untopped Pittsburgh Steelers with their B team. Big Ben threw for 266 yards, one touchdown, one reception. Now I do, I did, now I did realize that the Steelers did drop a lot of passes, but I mean, you can't almost lose to a B team. I mean, that's just, that's just not good. It, it's not a good look. It's just not good. It doesn't prove to your point that you're the best team in football, which I still think the Chiefs are. Um, Eric Ebron, despite some drops, had 54 yards receiving. Trace McSorley came in the fourth quarter to replace an injured RG3 and threw 77 yards and touchdown pass to Marquise Hollywood Brown to trim the game to five. RG3 led the team in rushing with 68 yards. Marquise Brown had one of his best games this season with 85 yards and touchdown. However, the big story of the day was that it was late in the first half. The Ravens were driving it inside the Steelers' one-yard line and couldn't get it in as RG3 passed Luke Wilson was incomplete to end the first half, keeping the Steelers' lead 12-7. But a controversial play was that Pittsburgh not being flagged for a delay of game after holding the Ravens' ball carrier from getting up and using the clock. Baltimore did not have any timeouts, so they couldn't get up. Good, yeah, they couldn't get up, and the clock continued to run. 
My first question is, can Pittsburgh go 16 and 0? And my question, my answer to that is absolutely no. They got a Buffalo in two weeks, and with the way they played against Baltimore, I can't see them going 16 0. I could see them losing two or three games. Because when you almost lose to a B team, it's not a good look. It also doesn't it doesn't prove to your point that you're this best team. I've heard a lot of Steelers fans that have said, you know what, we're the best team in football. Well, I don't think you are. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are, and I think the Chiefs and Steelers play today, the Chiefs would beat them pretty good. Um, I mean, the Steelers have been oppressive in some games. They beat Tennessee. I understand that. They beat a few good teams. But, I mean, the Ravens had pretty much their backup squad in there, and they came into Pittsburgh. Again, I know there's no fans, but they came into Pittsburgh and almost beat them. Yes, I know Pittsburgh turned the ball over a lot, and they did drop a lot of passes, but that just proves to my point. You can't look – you you have to look sharp against any team. I don't care if it's the Jacksonville Jaguars or the 0-16 Cleveland Browns from a few years ago. You can't you can't be unprepared playing any team in the National Football League. It's not college here where you can still win 40 to nothing without even game planning. You need to be able to play better, even if it's against the Ravens' backup team. Um, so I think they lose two or three games. I think they will end up losing to Buffalo in a few weeks on Sunday Night Football. Uh, can the Ravens even make the playoffs right now? Well, right now they're still on the hunt. They're, they need to win all their next games, which are very favorable, except for Cleveland. And they have they beat them pretty good back in week one, which is a different time than that. People were saying the Ravens could go 16-0. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Um, Lamar Jackson should be ready for the Cowboys game. So I'd expect them to at least win most of their games, if not all. I can see this making the playoffs because they beat both the Browns and Colts, who right now are the fifth and sixth seed. So right now, if they just win all their five games and the Colts and Browns lose one or two more games, they would all of a sudden have the five or six seed. I don't think they're going to win the AFC North. I think the Steelers will end up winning that division because they kind of have, they have performed very well. But again, I mean, of course, the Steelers didn't perform well last or yesterday, but the Steelers have already have too much wins and all they need is one or two more wins to clinch the AFC North. Uh, who's the better football team, the Ravens or Chiefs or not? Who's the better team in the AFC right now, Steelers or Chiefs? Well, I've already kind of answered that, but I think the Chiefs are a lot better, and I'm not sure how they don't play this year. I mean, that would be the game of the week, but uh, I just don't know how people are saying the Steelers are the best team. I looked at uh, Pete Prisco from CBS Sports Network, and he had his power rankings out, and he put the Steelers out at number one. I'm like, how can you put them at number one when they haven't proved to themselves that proved to people that they are the best team right now? They're, the Chiefs are way better. The Chiefs look good against the Buccaneers, and all the Buccaneers have some other problems. But the Steelers on primetime television, yes, I understand how a lot of people watched because it was a lot of people were working. But I mean, they almost lost to the Ravens B team. I just don't understand why they're number they should be they're not number one. So I think the Chiefs are the better football team. They've proved that Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kelsey, Tyree Hill, Travis Kelsey, they could be the best uh duo in or not best duo. They could be the best um <laughs> I can't think of the word now, but they could be the best uh best combination in all football or that we've seen in a very long time. Let's switch gears to college basketball. Week two, the top teams in college hoop, the top team in college hoop, Gonzaga held on to beat West Virginia on Wednesday night, and Texas defeats North Carolina 69-67. Kansas beats Kentucky 65-62, and for the first time under John Calipari, the Wildcats are now 1-2, one of their worst starts. Baylor beat Illinois 82-69, led by Adam Flagler, Flagler, who scored 18 points to lead the way for the Bears. Well, my thoughts are, I'm really shocked Kentucky's one and two. Um, I'm a Louisville fan, so I'm I'm kind of happy right now. And, of course, Duke isn't that great this year, too, which I'm I'm very happy. I was listening to Dan Patrick on, I think it was Tuesday, and he wasn't impressed, or either Tuesday or Wednesday. He said he wasn't very impressed at all with Duke or Kentucky or Kansas. But my, but in 
But uh, for me, that's great news because I don't like any of those teams. I shouldn't say that because I should be unbiased or should be, um, I should be, I shouldn't be, <laughs> I should be unbiased, but uh, yeah, he's, he's got a point though. Duke, uh, Kentucky, Kansas, they don't look that impressive. They definitely don't look like them, them, their old selves, but this is kind of a weird year. So you're going to see a lot of that, I think. Um, but Gonzaga is very good. Baylor's pretty good. And how about Iowa led by Luca Garza? That, he's pretty good. And right now I don't see anybody beat, uh, so can anybody beat him? The college basketball player of the year. But, uh, yeah, so we had some big, we had some big upsets though. Uh, Texas number 17th ranked beats North Carolina. Who's 14th ranked. Uh, according to a few people, our few college basketball analysts, they say North Carolina does have some problems they did last year. And a lot of those are carrying out to this or carrying to this year, which is kind of weird because Cole Anthony, who got a lot of the blame is now in the NBA. So I don't see how that's, how that really works out, but, uh, give credit to Texas. Um, led by Shaka Smart. He's done an excellent job, even though he's on the hot seat for a while. I think he's kind of back. He's People have kind of forgotten about that he was on the hot seat. Uh, but uh, Gonzaga, they had a little bit of scare against West Virginia. And then, of course, Kentucky starting the season off one and two with a loss to Kansas. Uh, Duke falls to Michigan State. We talked about it on the podcast on Tuesday. But uh, Duke, they might be in trouble as well. And it, it was, to be honest, it was very hard to remember any of the Duke players. Um, but, uh, it's kind of weird because normally, you know, the Duke players, but this year was kind of hard to pronounce or hard to even remember who the players were for Duke were, which is, you can tell we're in a different year and, uh, who right now leads, uh, the rankings for college basketball player of the year. Well, of course, I've kind of already mentioned him a lot. Luca Garza for Iowa. Um, but after that, it's, there's a lot of good players, Jared Butler, Jalen Suggs, Cade Cunningham. Uh, I mean, Joey Hauser was pretty impressive for Michigan State against Duke. I, I don't think he's the best, but definitely in the running. Remy Martin from Arizona State is solid. But, uh, yeah, that right now are the players right now that should be in the running for College Basketball Player of the Year, the AP, uh, Naismith, and the Wooden Award. Some big news in the basketball world. The Washington Wizards and the Houston Rockets have agreed on a, tree, a trade, first reported by ESPN senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. The Wizards have agreed to trade John Wall in a 2023 first-round pick of the Rockets for Russell Westbrook. This is the first big trade made by new general manager Raphael Stone for the Houston Rockets. Stone took over for the Rockets' job after Daryl Morey resigned and took the Philly job. The Rockets' main priority in the offseason was to acquire more first-round picks, and they've acquired three this offseason. Last season, Westbrook was traded from OKC to Houston and joined his former buddy and teammate James Harden. However, during the season, Westbrook was unhappy with Houston and wanted to take control of the offense. With him now being traded to the Wizards, he can finally be the floor general and handle the ball most of the time. He'll be paired up with all NBA player Bradley Beal. Last season, he signed a one-year, or last season, Bill, or Beal signed a one-year extension with the Wizards, but he's a free agent in 2021 if he declines his player option. Multiple rumors are saying they will, he will likely leave Washington if they don't go far in the playoffs this season. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, who at the moment has no plans to trade James Harden, who wants to, right now to play in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. In fact, Houston has no plans at all of trading him and expects James Harden will be the team when the season begins. All right, first question is, who wins this trade? In my opinion, I gave, I gave, or I gave it up to you guys. I gave you the chance to vote on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Sportstown Podcast, and you guys were 50-50 at the moment, so... I think the Washington Wizards won this trade. Yes, they had to give up a first-round pick. Yes, they had to give up John Wall. But John Wall has been injured for a long time. He's always been battling injuries, it seems like. He hasn't played since, what, 2017 or 2018. So I think now when you acquire Russell Westbrook, who does have injuries himself, 
Westbrook um, is a better point guard than John Wall is. And I think with Russell Westbrook now, he can, um, he, I think he fits a little better with Bradley Beal than with James Harden because both Westbrook and Harden wanted the ball a lot. Beal doesn't want the ball as much as James Harden. And I think with Russell Westbrook, he can now kind of lead this offense. And I think it's a good trade, though, for the Rockets as well, because again, you get rid of Russell Westbrook, you acquire John Wall. Now, John Wall has to be healthy, but when he's healthy, he is an elite point guard. Uh, that's kind of the big question, though, right now. Can he stay healthy? And I think that was kind of why the Wizards traded him, because they were just tired of waiting and they wanted to win. And also, Russell Westbrook reunites with his former coach, Scott Brooks. They went to the finals together back in 2012 when the team had Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Serge Ibaka, Kendrick Perkins. They had all those players. And now Scott Brooks, of course, is a free agent after this season's or uh, his contract ends after the season. So really he has no excuse. He's got to lead them playoffs and he's got to go far because if the Wizards don't, they'll be finding a new coach after the season um, is over. Will the Rockets now trade James Harden? I don't think so. I think they're, they really have plans to, they, they expect James Harden to be with the Rockets when the season begins. And I don't, I think they want to run at least one more year, see how well it goes. They added DeMarcus cousins. They still have PJ Tucker. They have Eric Gordon, who was unhappy. Now we haven't heard much about it, but I guess he's fine now. So it'll be interesting, but I don't think they're going to go small ball. I think the Rockets kind of are going to abandon that. We'll see what Steve Silas, the new head coach for the Rockets, wants to do. He was assistant with the Mavericks, and he was um, a key. Um, he was a, he was instrumental in helping Luca be the way they're how Luca plays the game. So it could be similar to what the Mavericks do, but I don't think small ball is really in the cards for the Rockets this year. I think they know that's not going to work and. It's going to be different, too, when you have John Wall, who's a little different than Russell Westbrook. So I don't think the Rockets are going to trade James Harden. I think they want to run it back one more year. Uh, are the Rockets rebuilding? Well, no, they're not, because they just acquired another All-NBA point, or All-NBA point guard. So pretty much they just swapped Russell Westbrook and John Wall, who both had massive contracts. I think John Wall has a bigger contract, but it doesn't really matter. Um, again, the Rockets, I don't think, are really concerned about that. But... Uh, I don't think they're, I think they're, again, I think the Rockets want to run it one more year and they want to win again. I think, again, they were very close a few years ago. Last year, they got bounced in the second round. Um, they did end up being the Thunder, but the Thunder, I mean, they should have beat the Thunder by five in five or six games, not in seven, because they barely won that game and they had to, again, go into seven games. So the Rockets weren't really impressive last year. Now, James Harden and Russell Westbrook both had to deal with injuries, but again, it just shows you that small ball doesn't work but I don't think the Rockets are rebuilding. I think they want to want to run it one more. Sorry. They want to run it back one more year. I think they have a very good chance. And the Western conference is loaded this year, especially with the Suns getting better. The Lakers are still there. The Clippers are still there. The Nuggets are still there. The Warriors are going to be in the playoffs this year. They have no Clay Thompson, but you do add a healthy Steph Curry, healthy Draymond Green, and you added Kelly Oubre in the mix. And of course you can't forget about guys like Andrew Wiggins and they drafted James Weissman. So the West is going to be very tough, but I think the Rockets want to try one more year. Um, how well does Russell Westbrook and John Wall do with their teams? I think they do very well. If they can both stay healthy, the Rockets and the Wizards will go in the playoffs and will at least get to the second round. I'll start with Washington first. Yes, they have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal now. I think that's a playoff team. The Eastern Conference will be better next year because, you, again, you have Brooklyn. You can't forget about Toronto. Milwaukee still has Giannis. I mean, Miami just went to the finals last year, shocked a lot of people, took the Lakers without their full squad to six games. So the Eastern Conference is definitely tougher, but I do think the Wizards can at least manage to get out of the first round and get the second. I say they win. Well, they're only going to play 72 games this year. I can see them winning 42, 43, 44 games, kind of being in that fifth seed. Uh, but I definitely think they can win the first round. Well, 
yeah, I think they can at least go to the second round, especially when you got two really good players in Russell Westbrook and John Wall. Or not, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Now we go to Houston, where they had uh, John Wall and James Harden. I think Eric Gordon will probably be the three. Um, kind of not really sure how that – maybe they will go small ball. I'm just trying to see what the Rockets will do with that lineup. I don't think DeMarcus Cousins starts. I think he comes off the bench. But I, to be honest with you, I don't think the Rockets do as good as they did last year. I could see them winning about the same amount of games as Washington does, but I can't see them being a fifth seed. They'll probably end up being a sixth or seventh seed, and they'll probably get bounced in the first round. So technically, I do think Washington will make it farther with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. And last but not least, is Bradley Beal going to stay in Washington next season? It just all depends how far the Wizards go. I think if they get to the second round in a pretty somewhat tough Eastern Conference, I think Bradley Beal will be encouraged and he'll sign the Supermax with the Wizards because I believe he will be eligible next year. Um, and, of course, Russell Westbrook, hopefully he's still happy in Washington. Um, that would that would be a pretty good deal for him. But, again, there's a lot of teams interested in him. Milwaukee's shown interest. Golden State has shown interest. Um, Miami has shown interest, especially during the trade deadline. We'll really see. Well, it just depends on how good the Wizards are because if they're not good before the trade deadline, they could move Bradley Beal away. And you can't forget about the Clippers because the Clippers seem like they were very interested in Bradley Beal as well. But again, it just it all depends on how far Washington goes next year, which I do think if they make it past the first round, Bradley Beal is confident that this Wizards team can go farther and take the next step next year. Thanks for listening to the Sports Town Podcast or the STP Pod for short. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and much more. We release new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. Also, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Sportstown Podcast. If you want to check out more videos of the Sportstown Podcast, click on the left. If you want to subscribe to the channel, click on the right.